Welcome to Behind the Screen, a bonus interview series from Forward Movement, featuring author conversations with our managing editor, Rochelle Thompson. Hi, friends. Welcome to this edition of Behind the Screen. Today, we have the opportunity to talk with Brendan O'Sullivan Hale, our writer for the June edition of Forward Day by Day. Hi, Brendan. How are you doing? Hi, Rochelle. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. Well, so good to have you with us and to be able to talk and learn a little bit more about you. So let's just start. You're from Indianapolis or you live in Indianapolis now. Tell us a little bit about you and your life there. Uh, Yeah, well, I grew up in North Carolina, but came to Indiana for college in the early 90s and uh, stuck around to my surprise and my family's as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I serve on the staff of Bishop Jennifer Baskerville Burroughs of Indianapolis as canon to the ordinary for administration and evangelism, which is not what I thought I was going to do when I went to college. But (laughs) I uh, I've had. Uh, a few twists and turns in my career that brought me here. So I, I've loaded trucks at UPS, been a financial advisor. And uh, then Bishop Jennifer asked me if I wanted to do something different with my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints, which is on the north end of downtown Indianapolis. And I am married with uh, four cats. Yeah, lots of cats. Yes. It's like literally cats. herding cats, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it helps... Uh, having cat herding uh, skills when you work in the church. That's right. Exactly. Now you said you went to college. Where did you go to Indiana? Uh, Indiana University, Bloomington. And that actually is how I came into the church. I was raised kind of culturally Christian, but, uh, you know, celebrated Christmas and Easter and all that. But we did not uh, go to church. I wasn't really raised uh, with prayer or anything like that. But I had a pretty powerful experience while I was in college that led me to seek baptism at Trinity Episcopal Church uh, in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. What, do you want to share that experience, or is it too personal? Oh, no, I, I can share it. Uh, so it, it's funny uh, being in the Episcopal Church where we're often shy about evangelism and uh, to use an evangelical term like a conversion experience, but I did have one. Mm-hmm. So in 1996, I think, there was a... a there was an event that was to be the final display of the AIDS Memorial Quilt in its entirety in Washington, D.C. And so some friends and I went to that. And there was one of the events of the weekend was a candlelight march uh, from the Capitol to the Lincoln Memorial. Uh, I remember that uh, Elizabeth Taylor was supposed to be at the very front of the march. But the, uh, the folks from Westboro Baptist Church were there with their charming signs. And as the march passed them, I felt a profound sense of love, protection. I, I characterize it as hearing a voice, although I didn't actually hear anything. Mm-hmm. But I knew who it was. Um, I had my encounter with Jesus in that moment. Mm-hmm. And then I had... When I got back home, I had to figure out what to do with it, and yeah. so started looking for churches. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I, I was going to ask how is canon to the, for administration and evangelism? How do those two um, work in tandem? And it's sometimes at odds, but obviously sharing your story here um, is part of the evangelism part of your job. But tell us a little bit about um, more what it is you do on a day to day basis at the diocese. 
Right. So my day to day is really controlled by the rhythm of what it takes to keep the wheels on financially. So there, there is a particular rhythm to getting bills out and doing the bank reconciliations uh, and, and all that. And I'd say that's, you know, any, any organization has to have that function. But within the church, I, I think it has a particular kind of importance simply in that we can't do our job of ministry, uh, of evangelism, of service uh, well if the business operation isn't running smoothly, because otherwise you're distracted by the needs of the institution as an institution. Uh, and then the uh, largely the rest of my work is spent supporting uh, congregations and particularly uh, lay leaders uh, in their min- ministries. Uh, and that includes everything from being a volunteer treasurer uh, to, uh, you know, people expressing interest in being lay preachers or worship leaders or people who need a vocabulary to share their faith in an authentic way. It just struck me as you were talking that um, as Americans, we don't like to talk about money or the church very much. And here you are <laughs> uh, running headlong into both and saying that we, we need to talk about both. It's important. Well, Jesus talked about money. I'm following a good example. <laughs> right. That, pretty much the best example. So you wrote for Forward Day by Day. What was that process like for you? It was like writing 30 sermons. Right. So, so and, and 30, 250 word sermons. So it's not quite as constraining as Twitter, but it's an interesting format to write in because you have to express a thought so concisely and try to bring enough detail to it that there's a story told. Uh, so I really enjoyed doing it, uh, but it was harder than I expected when I agreed to. Yeah. I find that often, and I know when I've written myself or when I talk with people, it seems, I think when something is done well, it seems like it's effortless. And then, so when you're reading, I don't think people have the sense of like, wow, this was actually kind of hard to do. And then you get into it and trying to write something with a full narrative and a story and that's authentic in short is is hard, right? Uh, Did you have, um, were there days or particular stories that when you think back now um, that you'd wanna share here with listeners? Well, I think the story, my favorite one probably that I wrote was the one about the camping trip where I went on a solo uh, backpacking trip and got rained out in a really serious way. I was not able to share the details of, you know, water seeping into my tent and threatening my camera uh, and all of that. But uh, part, and the other thing I wasn't able to share in that story is that it was happening at a really pivotal moment in my life uh, because I had two weeks between Uh, ending my 16-year career as an investment advisor and beginning my career here on diocesan staff. And so that story has some meaning to me in the sense that I I was out there at the mercy of the elements um, and uh, talking to God. Mm -hmm. And it it feels really fitting. Yeah. You're you're in the desert moment. Right, right. It was... A flood. Right. And you know, it was a it was a five mile walk back to the car. Uh, right. so it wasn't that bad, but you know, it it meant a lot. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that story. And you also you, know, you talk about the death of your mother and you talk about some other, you know, just kind of pivotal moments in your life of faith and that 
it's not always easy, but um, that's not what God calls us to. God calls us to faithfulness. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful that you shared that journey and, and the challenges and joys of it. I'm curious as a, as a lay leader on diocesan staff and also in your church, what do you think are the opportunities of um, lay leadership and what are some of the challenges in a church that um, for better or worse often prioritizes clerical leadership? Well, I first really got interested in lay leadership uh, when I was exploring some of the challenges of uh, dioceses as, as an institution while I was a senior warden at my congregation and trying to figure out how how my job as senior warden, and this was during a period that we didn't have a rector, um, inter- interacted with the diocesan office. And so what I did was I read my canons and I discovered sort of a latent power in the laity that often is unappreciated. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started, um, you know, exercising it and understanding you know, what my role as senior warden in that moment as the ecclesiastical authority of the parish was. And so it started out in a really utilitarian kind of way. Mm-hmm. But as I understood um, the, the role of laity as, as, as a true calling, like it, it really is an order of ministry. Right. Uh, and, uh, and so from there, uh, I have just become interested in empowering lay people in all the ways. Uh, and that does include in, you know, exercising our responsibility for authority and care for the institution, but also in the fact that we are bearers of the gospel. Uh, and so, you know, you have uh, you have talented people in the pews who may well be called to preach, who can lead morning prayer and evening prayer beautifully. Right. And, and often you don't find those gifts until you're in a congregation without clergy. Mm-hmm. So imagine a congregation with clergy and with empowered lay people and how vibrant that can be. And so that, that's, that's the thing that just gets me really excited. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, is there anything else that you would want to share today with folks? So a funny thing about um, writing for four day by day is that uh, the issue that I'm in has arrived in people's inboxes. And I got this phone call from a member of All Saints Indianapolis. He was a seminarian there probably 65 years ago. Wow. And so he, 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 he called because he saw, my, he saw my bio. And so he was just sharing stories with me about this same church that I love so much uh, from a, a totally different time. And it was a, a delightful conversation and such a welcome side effect of writing for Forward Movement. That's wonderful. I find all the time that the the community of forward movement and forward day by day is far beyond what I imagine. And I run into people or hear from people all over the world who are using this in their spiritual life and it's meant so much to them and they we connect in different ways. And so I'm I'm delighted that that's already happening for you. And I'm yeah. sure it will happen uh, more as people read your June meditations. Well, I, I certainly hope so. Thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to uh, readers reading your good wisdom. Thanks, Rochelle. It's been a pleasure. 